On today's episode, I'll review the best players from the last matchup, recent injuries and recoveries, and streamers for the week ahead. Plus, this season's biggest busts and whether or not they can recover. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. This is Fastball Fantasy Baseball with Taylor Tarter and Matt Kirk. Let's get into it. So the best hitter of matchup number nine, this was last week, was Texas shortstop Corey Seager, who had two homers, seven runs, 10 RBI, and a 407 batting average. Kind of a down offensive week last week. Uh, on the season, Seager is up to six homers, 21 runs, 29 RBI, and a 336 batting average. That, you know, that those stats are kind of off a little bit because he had time on the IL, but they look really good uh, considering how much time he's played. He has a 366 BABIP, which is kind of high, but he has a 26% line drive rate. He has a 38% pull rate. And the the biggest factor in his BABIP being so high and, and his uh, average being so high is very, very likely that he isn't being shifted against so much. That drove his Babbitt down enormously the last few seasons, and his batting average suffered because of it. And I think with, uh, you know, especially, you know, he's driving the ball and he's pulling the ball, and they're not going straight to the second baseman standing halfway out in right field anymore. So you have balls landing for hits now, that normally wouldn't go for hits for Seager and things are turning out great. This is one of the things that I wrote about in the off season. He's, he's one of the players that I thought was going to, um, you know, have, have a, a major turnaround this year. And here we go. So very happy to see that for him. Wish I had more shares of him, but uh, I do not. Um, <laughs> his ground ball rate is, is looking great right now. It's tied for a career low 38, 0.4%. He has a 17% barrel rate and a 53.5% hard hit rate. Obviously, he's not qualified at this point, but his if he was, his barrel rate would be the seventh highest in baseball, and his hard hit rate would be the 13th highest in baseball. So he's doing great there. And then he's also uh, made improvements to his chase rate, contact rate, and swing and strike rates. So you know, I got to expect a potential 300 season here for Corey Seager the rest of the way. A couple honorable mention hitters from the last week. Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge, who is now on the IL last week, had four homers, six runs, five RBI, and batted 294. Dodgers second base outfielder Mookie Betts, four homers, six runs, five RBI, a steal, and a 360 batting average last week. Angels, D.H. Shohei Otani, three homers, seven runs, eight RBI, 310 average. Um, I just wrote about uh, this player, Atlanta outfielder Eddie Rosario for Fantrax. He had three homers, five runs, seven RBI, and a 400 batting average last week. And he is a, an, an absolute must-add uh, from the waiver wire uh, if, he, if he's still out there for you. 
And then also Yankees first base outfielder Jake Bowers had a nice week. Four homers, three runs, seven RBI, and a 412 batting average. The best pitcher of the last matchup was Cubs starting pitcher Marcus Stroman. He tossed 15 innings, gave up five hits, no earned runs. He had four walks and 14 strikeouts. Both of his starts were quality starts, and they were both wins, and they came against San Diego and Tampa, which are uh, you know, pretty pretty tough matchups, Tampa more than San Diego, uh, but tough matchups. He had a 0 ERA and a .60 whip. He has a 2.39 ERA for the season, which is kind of surprising considering what he does you know he's not a strikeout pitcher he has a 7.75 k9 rate which for him is not surprising he has a 79.7 left on base rate and a a, almost he's a 0.1 percent shy of a 60 percent ground ball rate and his ground ball rate is the highest in baseball right now and his left on base rate is the 16th best in baseball now if you look at his X stats, uh, you'll see perhaps the pitcher he should be uh, and and who he's been in the past. Uh, he has a 360 XFIP and a 391 Sierra. And w- when you look at those and you go, okay, why? why? Why do those numbers show that way? Well, he's giving up three walks per nine, which is his worst since he gave up 3.17 in 2018. He has a 227 BABIP, which is likely because of lots of ground balls, but still very low and still hard for pitchers to sustain over the course of the season. And then his rest of season projections kind of see the same thing as his XFIP and Sierra. A lot of those projections see him going somewhere in the mid three to low four range the rest of the way. I, th- I think he could end up with a low three ERA by the end of the season. I, I think a sub three ERA for him is probably not going to happen. I, I do think he's going to regress. And considering, you know, he's not that great of a strikeout pitcher and he's walking three batters per nine innings, I would be looking to sell super high on him right now. A couple honorable mention pitchers here from the last week. Uh, Zach Gallen, Sonny Gray, Ranger Suarez, Griffin Canning, Logan Allen, and Bobby Miller all had two quality starts. If you had single-digit innings and double-digit Ks, that would be Kodai Senga, Kevin Gosman, uh, Tristan McKenzie, and Edward Cabrera. And then David Bednar ended up with four saves last week, and Jordan Romano and Rizal Iglesias ended up with three. All right, let's talk some injuries and recoveries. we got some big news here. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. So unfortunately, we have a bunch of injuries to go through here. Atlanta starting pitcher Max Freed was moved to the 60-day IL with a forearm strain. He was throwing off a flat ground, but no, there's no timetable for him moving to the mound. Uh, there, uh, there's no other news out there other than you know he was throwing off a flat ground, and that's it. 
Uh, Baltimore outfielder Cedric Mullins, he hit the IL with a groin strain a few days ago. You know, groin strains, hammies, obliques, those are kind of notoriously hard to predict um, when when those will return. You can tweak them really easily. Starting pitcher John Means, he had a setback. Uh, he had a muscle strain in his back while recovering from Tommy John. So probably looking to extend that uh, that return timetable for him. Cincinnati starting pitcher Nick Lodolo, he moved to the 60-day IL with a leg injury. Cleveland starting pitchers Cal Quantrill and Peyton Battingfield, Battenfield, they're both on the IL with shoulder inflammation, which is not good for pitchers. Uh, they need those. So uh, we're going to see continued playing time for Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. So ride those horses while you can. Colorado outfielder Chris Bryant, he went on the IL with the heel bruise. Man, one of you know people talk about like Steven Strasburg being a bad contract. Chris Bryant, that's that's a bad contract. That's that's not good. Uh, Detroit starting pitcher Alex Fado, Fado, he's on the aisle with a bruise under the finger under his fingernail. Uh, you know he was looking interesting as a streamer, but uh, gonna have to wait that out and then. Starting pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, he ruptured a ligament in his pointer finger on his throwing hand. And so he's out potentially six to eight weeks. But again, you know, that's uh, kind of a who knows injury. He has to have it in a, a splint for a while. Outfielder Riley Green, he left a game with a leg injury. Not a lot of news there. Uh, return timetable TBD. Houston starting pitcher Luis Garcia, he had Tommy John surgery last Friday, so he probably will not come back until perhaps late last se- next season or the early, you know, the one after. And then outfielder Jordan Alvarez. So he had oblique discomfort and he was taken out of his last game. So that's just something I would keep an eye on uh, that situation. That could be an IL stay. Or not. Dodgers starting pitcher Dustin May. Uh, the team said he's basically still weeks away from picking up a baseball. Uh, basically, everybody on Minnesota is is out or is day to day. So you know, do what you can there. Uh, and then Mets first baseman Pete Alonso. He just went on the IL with a wrist injury. They were you know, kind of waffling a little bit with putting him on. And finally they did. And then Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge also on the IL. He has a toe injury. Uh, They're saying they won't have a timetable until after the weekend. And also Yankees starting pitcher Nestor Cortez. He has a rotator cuff strain. This is me talking uh, as somebody who's had uh, shoulder issues, uh, shoulder surgery. He might he might not come back this season. Um, you know, I had a labrum tear, and uh, rotator cuffs are worse, so th- th- those are harder to come back from. So uh, that's not looking good for him. Seattle starting pitcher Marco Gonzalez he had a flexor strain. Again, this is a really bad injury for a pitcher. A lot of those flexor strain injuries end up being Tommy John, you know, surgeries. Uh, not too far down the road. St. Louis outfielder Lars Newtbar, he's on the aisle with a back contusion. 
Texas, uh, sorry, Tampa second baseman, Brandon Lau. He is on the aisle with a back injury. And then kind of the, the worst news here is uh, Texas starting pitcher, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he's on the aisle with, uh, or he's going to have Tommy John surgery. So, you know, he, again, he's either going to miss all of next season and come back in 2025 or, Maybe we see him in September, uh, 2024, but man, what a bummer. Uh, just kind of just terrible. Uh, as far as recoveries here, Boston second baseman, Trevor story could DH before he plays a field, but, uh, they're not saying like, Oh, he's going to be back by X date yet. Um, and then outfielder Adam Duvall, this is coming out on Friday. He should be back today. Um, so have him in your lineup for the weekend. Cubs starting pitcher Justin Steele. He's on track to return June 17th. Uh, Cincinnati first baseman Joey Votto started his rehab uh, assignment over last weekend. So he is potentially nearing a, uh, a return here. We'll see how that uh, wrinkle, you know, throws a wrinkle into the, uh, the Reds lineup, especially with Ellie De La Cruz. Forgot to talk about Ellie. Um, what, a, what, a what, a uh, his debut was fine. His, his second game was great. Uh, you know, launched a Homer, uh, he's stealing, he's going to strike out a lot, but this is like in dynasty, he is a, a, a top guy, probably a top 30 ish, 20 ish, uh, asset here a lot of people are comparing him to to tatis and acuna and you know with the with the uh you know 30 30 potential uh but he does come with strikeout risk so we'll see how that goes but that that lineup in in cincinnati is starting to get crowded especially in the infield they're gonna probably have to figure out how to get some of those guys into probably corner outfield roles uh, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to have to platoon guys probably, which could be problematic for guys like Spencer Steer, um, maybe Matt McLean. It's, you know, it's going to be a, a, an interesting uh, puzzle for them when Joey Votto comes back. All right, back to some recoveries. Detroit starting pitcher Tariq Skubal through two innings pitch last weekend in a rehab game. Dodgers starting pitcher Julio Urias is going to start on Sunday. Miami second base outfielder Jazz Chisholm. He had a good appointment with the foot specialist. And the news with him is that he's going to be eased back into baseball activities. And then also uh, starting pitcher Trevor Rogers looked good in a rehab start. Uh, we're going to talk about how that might impact uh, Yuri Perez in uh, in a little bit. Milwaukee starting pitcher Brandon Woodruff. He expects to be back around the All-Star break. And finally here, Philly first baseman, third baseman Alec Baum should be back over the weekend. All right, let's look at some streamers for the week ahead. Am I streaming? Am I streaming? All right, so if you have listened before, you know how we do this. If this is your first time listening, the way I attack uh, the way I attack starting uh, streamers 
starting pitching streamers is I look at the teams with the worst 10 run differential offensively and uh, the team with the most 10, uh, the top 10 most strikeouts as batters. So uh, the, the teams with the worst run differential, and this has been pretty consistent is Oakland uh, has minus 200 run differential. I it's insane. It's insane. Um, and when you put it in perspective, right, Kansas city is minus 88. That's absurd. So, uh, rounding out the teams with the worst run differential are Detroit, Colorado, Chicago, white Sox, Washington, Miami, Philly, Cincy, and Cleveland. And then a little, like, uh, a little, um, uh, factoid here for you. All the AL East teams have positive run differential and all the AL Central uh, teams except for Minnesota and all the NL East teams except for Atlanta have negative run differential. So <laughs> crazy. Uh, and then the teams with the 10 most strikeouts as batters, uh, the top 10 teams with the most strikeouts as batters. That makes more sense. Minnesota, San Francisco, Seattle, Oakland, Milwaukee, Chicago Cubs, Cincy, Philly, San Diego, Colorado, and the Angels. And so cross-referencing here, we're looking to target uh, pitchers who are pitching against Oakland, Colorado, Philly, and Cincy. But obviously there's, you know, uh, teams like Kansas City, Detroit, Chicago White Sox uh, that that we're looking at uh, as well. Even the Cubs, you know, if you can find a good matchup there. Um, Minnesota, so many people are hurt. Uh, that could be a good matchup. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're looking for things like that. So my first one for you here is Milwaukee uh, starter Adrian Hauser versus Oakland today. Uh, the, uh, June 9th, he's rostered in 3% of ESPN leagues. So Oakland is the, they're the third worst in terms of average, and they have the third most strikeouts versus right-handed pitching. Hauser is not getting a ton of Ks, but this is a great matchup for him to actually pick up a few. He is inducing a 53% ground ball rate, and Oakland has the 12th highest team ground ball rate as batters. and uh, this is at home for Hauser and uh, uh, American Family Field in Milwaukee leans pitcher friendly. So really good matchup here uh, for a pitcher that's way off the radar. And then also Friday, Miami starting pitcher Yuri Perez is at the Chicago White Sox. He is rostered in 32% of ESPN leagues. And so I mentioned him when I brought up Trevor Rogers. So the the issue here is that he is struggling. He's struggling with walks, right, and struggling a bit with command. Now this could be this could be a get right game for him. Chicago has the seventh worst average, the ninth most strikeouts, and the third fewest walks versus righties. So th this could be you know could work out for him. Uh, Perez has nine strikeouts per nine innings. He has an 88% left on base rate, which are great, but he has a really low 28% ground ball rate. That is not good. Um, although, you know, again, 
right? Uh, we're looking at, at all the pieces here. Chicago has the highest team ground ball rate. So if, if he doesn't figure some things out and do, you know, uh, limit his walks, uh, if he can't get the command under control against a team like this, there's a chance it could be a la- his last game before Trevor Rogers returns. So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Dodgers starting pitcher Bobby Miller is at Philly on Saturday the 10th. He is rostered in 43% of ESPN leagues. This this is more so of a belief in Bobby Miller than uh, in uh, Philly as a bad matchup, you know, a bad team because um, they're not terrible. Uh, so Bobby Miller, 8.47 strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine, 84% left on base rate, 54.5 ground ball rate percent ground ball rate in 17 innings pitched small sample yes but man do his pitches look ridiculous so his sinker has a 111 batting average against and a 20 percent put away rate his slider has a 125 batting average against 42.9 percent whiff rate and a 20 percent put away rate Changeup is hitless in 46 pitches with a 31% whiff rate. And his curveball is hitless in 25 pitches with a 30% whiff rate and a 33% put away rate. He's got multiple put away pitches. He all of his pitches are getting whiffs. Uh he is dirty, and uh his roster ship is gonna skyrocket soon. St. Louis starting pitcher Miles Michaelis is at home in St. Louis against Cincinnati uh, on Saturday the 10th. He's rostered in 46% of ESPN leagues. The Reds had the 10th most strikeouts versus righties. Uh, He has a 3.74 ERA, which seems right on to me. Uh, You know, his expected stats expect regression, but I I think so. He's got a 1.8 walks per nine. 325 BABIP, 77% left on base, uh, basically a 10% home run to fly ball rate. Th- those all look pretty normal to me, especially for him. Maybe he gets some some home run regression, but I, I don't think it's going to be like too much. I don't think it's going to dramatically alter his ERA. And uh, his 7.23 strikeout per nine rate is actually his best of his career. So he's doing... He's getting more strikeouts per nine innings than he's had ever. Uh, so he's an interesting uh, stream and hold. Uh, but if, you know, he has a bad matchup here and there, I would I would be fine dropping him in, in most uh, formats. Baltimore starting pitcher Kyle Gibson has Kansas City at home on Sunday the 11th. He's rostered in 22% of ESPN leagues. Kansas City has the fourth worst average and the second fewest walks against righties. Uh, Gibson is doing a lot well. He's not striking out a ton of uh, a ton of batters, but he's got a 74% left on base rate and a 44% ground ball rate. I just trust him uh, at this point, um, especially against uh, bad teams. So go for it. Adam against Kansas City. Hold, I, I'm holding on to him in a 12-team league. I, I'm just... He's a set-it-and-forget-it pitcher for me in a 12-teamer. Kansas City starting pitcher Zach Greinke. I know we're talking about... <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you to stream 
Kyle Gibson and Zach Cranky uh, this week. Crazy. Um, but he is at home against Cincinnati on Monday the 12th. He is rostered in 5% of ESPN leagues. And, and I actually view him very, very similarly to Gibson. Not a ton of strikeouts, but he's good at limiting walks. He's got a good ground ball rate, and the Reds are not good against righties. So go for it. And then my last one is Atlanta starting pitcher A.J. Smith-Shaver, who's at Detroit on Wednesday the 14th. He's rostered in 9% of ESPN leagues. I did a little write-up about him in a waiver article for Fantrax. This is essentially what I said, but, um, you know, go check the rest of the article out. So he's getting a spot in the rotation. He's mostly a fastball slider pitcher. Uh, He, in his first couple of innings here uh, in relief, he tosses his fastball and slider basically 90% of the time combined. He throws a curveball, but significantly less um he never left a stop with a k9 rate lower than 9.75 that was his lowest in the minors that does come with some rough walk rates his best uh walk walks per nine rate in the minors was uh 2.57 in 14 innings at high a so just kind of be prepared for probably a high whip uh and then Looking at the matchup, Detroit is the second worst versus righties in average, and they have the fourth most strikeouts. And this is a pitcher that's going to strike batters out. So uh, go snag him if you can. All right, I'll be right back to talk about the biggest busts of the season so far, right after a word from our sponsor. So the way the way that I'm looking at busts here is, and, and I did this kind of similarly with uh, looking at like biggest positive surprises of the season in my, in the last episode. But these are players that I personally thought would do better, but they haven't. And the the crazy thing is that I drafted almost all of these players all on the same team, uh, which uh, really sucked. Uh, so at first base, the uh, I think the, I don't know how you can argue this, but I, I think the, the, the biggest bust at first base is Jose Abreu, who has one homer, 16 runs, 23 RBI, and a 217 batting average this season. This is easily going to be the worst season of his career he has the his lowest walk rate since 2019 and the highest strikeout rate of his career he has a low babbit but when you look deeper his line drive rate is down and his pull rate is down and i'm not surprised that his babbit is down you know with those corresponding with those things the the biggest issues for me like looking at looking at what he's doing is he has a 4% barrel rate and a 39% hard hit rate, which are career lows. Plus, he has a low launch angle, which has resulted in a 47% ground ball rate. Really problematic. And I, so I had him and Rowdy, 
I drafted them both on the same team. And about like maybe three weeks into the season, uh, you know, my offense was kind of sputtering and I needed to like, I needed to like do shakes, shake things up. Um, and so I was like, all right, let me look. And I looked at Jose Abreu's stats and I was like, oh man, his BABIP is like super low. It's like in the 200, low twos, you know, high 100s. Barrel rate looked good at the time. Hard hit rate looked decent at the time. You know, home run fly ball rate super low. He'll, he'll turn it around. And man, he just hasn't. And I ended up, of course, dropping. Uh, I dropped Rowdy instead of instead of Jose. And of course, wrong wrong decision there. Now the 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 beacon of hope here is that Jose Abreu's home run to fly bar is only 1.6%. And this it's not like his fly bar rate went down to like 5%. That's not happening. So this is like some clear bad luck. You know, the the launch angle is down, but again, the if his fly ball rate isn't dropping dramatically, this shouldn't drop, you know, theoretically, this shouldn't drop so far. It's it's like 15% lower than last season. So, and much lower than his, his career average. The thing is, is like we're in early June and you figure that this would have corrected itself by now and it just hasn't. So I, I don't think his season is like recoverable from a fantasy perspective. Another big bust here is second base Andres Jimenez, who he had uh, he has three homers, 26 runs, 16 RBI, seven steals and a 241 average this season. I thought he had a shot at a 2020 season after hitting 17 home runs and stealing 20 bases uh, last year. He had a 297 average, but I kind of I knew the average was going to regress, but it's it's worse than I thought uh, it would be. Uh, the rest of the season homer projections put him at a, eleven to twelve total for the, for the whole season, which is you know not not what I uh, expected here. Now he has improved his strikeout rate and his contact rate, uh, but he has really really weak barrel and hard hit rates. His ground ball rate is is pretty bad. It's fifty percent. It's worse than last season. Somewhere in a fly ball rate is about half of his career average. Uh, you know, I think this is probably who he is. Kind of, if you look, if you look at his 2020 and 2021 seasons and and sort of combine them, I think that's him, which is basically what he's doing now. And it's oh, that's my baby, and it's uh, not not what I expected. Uh, so disappointing there. Third baseman Manny Machado. He has five homers, 25 runs, 19 RBI, two steals, and is batting 235 this season. He has dealt with an injury, so of course his numbers are not great. But the thing is, they weren't great before he got hurt. And he's coming off a 32 homer, 100 run, 100 RBI, 298 season. Right. So again, I 
look, you know, doing my research, I expected some regression to the power to the average, but this is way, way, way far. And so looking at what happened, he is striking out more, he's walking less, he's barreling less, he's a, a worse hard, hard hit rate, uh, his ground ball rates up, he's chasing more, and he's making less overall contact than last season. And he also has a second worst line drive rate of his career, which is driving down his Babbitt, right? It's not like that he has a fluky Babbitt. This stuff supports a low Babbitt. The 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 one ray of uh the one ray of hope for him is that his home run to fly ball rate kind of experiences some positive regression. Um, it's it's pretty low for him, uh, but he has a lot of other stuff to fix too to kind of get to the you know he was drafted as like a top five third baseman in most cases he's got he's got work to do to to get back to that value and and i don't think he's going to even get close to that uh by the end of the season um there there's just so many issues here and yeah i jumped ship i traded him away with a reliever to acquire yandy diaz uh and of course not yandy diaz sorry. uh but uh you know it's not it's not great for for machado uh, and <laughs> not great for his fantasy managers either. And then it, I, I had to look at, uh, so I had to give some honorable mentions, third baseman here, disappointments. Uh, Jose Ramirez, considering where he was drafted, I would say is a bust. Um, he was uh, like a top six overall draft pick this season, and he's just not playing up to that uh, a lot of people had high expectations for Gunnar Henderson he is struggling a lot and then Jose Miranda uh, I thought he was gonna do fine uh, you know I, I think I had him probably like in the 12 to 15 range in terms of third baseman but not gonna get there either and then uh, another Big uh, a bust here is shortstop Trey Turner. Seven homers, 33 runs, 19 RBI, eight steals, and a 237 average on the season. He's got a lot of similar issues to Machado. His strikeout rate is is up. It's his worst strikeout rate since a 27-game debut in 2015. And then his walk rate is the second lowest of his career. Barrel rate's down, hard hit rate's down from last year. He's also not seeing the ball well. He is up to a 40% chase rate, which is terrible, and it's also the worst of his career. His contact rate is a career worse, 70%. Um, and, you know, those things are going to limit him. You know, he is a low BABIP, uh, and, and even if that has some positive regression and that helps his average, which I think it should, those swing and miss issues are going to are going to limit his batting average and they're going to limit his on-base percentage and they're going to limit his ability to steal right so uh, and that's why we love Trey Turner right is cuz he has that 2040 2030 potential uh which you know doesn't happen a lot now the BABIP is about 50 points too low his line drive rate is almost identical 
to his career norm, um, and he improved his ground ball rate. So you figure with those things, you'll see some positive regression to the BABIP. But uh, again, that that not seeing the ball well, uh, he's struggling versus fastballs and changeups. And typically, he is very, very good against fastballs. Um, but he also does well, typically well against changeups. That that is an approach issue. Uh, so maybe he needs to kind of like um, change his stance or you know reposition himself in the batter's body. You know something. Choke up. He's got to try something else. Uh, also, he has more fly balls than last year, but low a lower home run to fly ball rate, and that screams bad luck in terms of. Home runs. If the, if there's any player here that I think can turn things around and like get reasonably close to his draft value, it is Trey Turner. A couple honorable mention shortstops: Carlos Correa. I thought he would do better uh, this season, and then Anthony Volpe. Um, I think a lot of people had high hopes for him, and he is crushing them. And then. <laughs> Uh, outfielder uh, Michael Harris is another major bust here. Three homers, 15 RBI, uh, 15 runs, 11 RBI, five steals, and a 191 batting average. And this is, again, top 30 pick, you know, in the draft. And just everybody, all the players I've mentioned up until this point, I drafted on the same team. They were all on the same team. Uh, so to me, this seems like a kind of combo of BABIP issues, bad luck, and like a small sample size more than anything. He has 239 BABIP despite better line drive rates and pull rates last season when his BABIP was 361. He has made improvements, uh, to his hard hit. He's improved his hard hit rate. And his ground ball rate. And then his barrel rate is a little lower than last season, but still pretty good at 8.4%. It was like 10% last season. His uh, fly ball rate is up, but his home run to fly ball rate is about half of what it was last season. So again, that's something that that doesn't equate like unless last season was really fluky in terms of home run to fly ball rate. Uh, but, you know, even if, that was the case you figure it would kind of be up a little more he improved its chase rate uh his contact rate and strikeout rate are basically identical to what he did last season um i would think things would kind of even out um but this is you know you, you can't wait forever uh on these guys and i i would not fault you for dropping him um it he he's somebody that i think could turn things around somewhat um i think some positive regression to his babip and and his home run rate could help him out a lot uh but um those things don't necessarily always happen so if it's one of those things where if you got to drop him you got to drop him right um you only have so much space on your rosters. And then finally, the biggest starting pitching bust uh, arguably is Sandy Alcantara. Uh, 
who has a 5.07 ERA. So uh, looking at stuff on the surface, right? We'll look at the surface first, then we'll dig in. So a couple of changes from last season. His left on base rate is down 20% to 58%. Now, Miami is like bottom 10 in terms of like defense, basically. Uh, you know, they're one of the the 10 worst defensive teams in baseball, but man, a 58% left on base rate is bad. And then his ground ball rate dropped 9% to 45%. That's still good, but it's not Sandy Alcantara good. His BABIP is the highest. Uh, it's been, you know, it, it's the highest uh, for a single season since an eight inning debut in 2017 but it comes with a rise in line drive rate and pull rate allowed. So, you know, batters are are pulling the ball well against him, driving the ball well against him, and so the Babbitt's going to come up. The uh, strikeout per nine rate uh, is 7.9, which is his lowest since 2019. Um, his home run to fly ball rate is actually lower than last season. Uh, so maybe, maybe... Uh, you know, things things kind of even out here a little bit for him, but things might get worse. Now, uh, I wrote about him briefly in my uh, pitchers who could be affected by the, the shift ban as a pitcher who could be uh, hurt by it, but I thought his stuff would kind of overcome that. And... That actually hasn't been the case. So he's got a 5.07 ERA. His xFIP is 4.22. His Sierra is 4.36. So his expected stats expect a better pitcher. But uh, his pitch mix, I think, is really the central um, to his issues this season. Uh, I, I think this. This is probably the the biggest problem for him. So he's complete. He, he didn't throw his curveball a lot last season, but he has not thrown it any whatsoever this season. He's throwing his sinker more than last season, and he's throwing his changeup and slider less than last season. His velocity is barely, barely down. It's like a point. It's like a decimal point down um, on all of his pitches and you know this is a guy that's throwing his sinker more but it has not been a you know a good a very good pitch for him his changeup has been hit a lot uh i'd like to see him lean more on his fastball and slider considering his fastball has a 211 batting average against a 26 percent whiff rate and a 21 percent put away rate and his slider has a 200 batting average against a 37% whiff rate and a 21% put away rate. What are you doing? Throw those pitches more. If I was a pitching coach, I would be telling him, like, stop leaning so much on your sinker. Do do this. Fastball slider, fastball slider, right? Use use those primarily and then, you know, put your put your sinker in there here and there as like a uh, you know, a, a fake out pitch. Now, the 
what he did last season worked so well for him. I I just don't get why he changed it. Um, I I don't know that he's going to get to a three ERA this season, uh, which really which really sucks. Um, you know he was so good last year, but I think a, sort of a combination of his pitch mix issues and uh, the shift ban are. Uh, are are really bringing bringing him down. We'll be covering all the big news in baseball, the best players to drop an ad, streamers, and more. So make sure to subscribe and tune in so you're notified when episodes publish every Friday. In the meantime, you can tweet us at FastballPod, reach out on Instagram at FastballFantasyBaseball, or email us at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. We'll respond. You can also read my column called By the Numbers on FantasyPros.com. I do a data deep dive each week. So if you like what we do on the podcast, you'll definitely like the article. I'm also doing articles on waivers for fan tracks and pitcher lists. So check out those articles there too. Finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating will move this podcast up the list on podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps us out. And thanks for listening.